Welcome to Pastors Confidential. We're Michelle and Eric Waters. Two pastors. One podcast. Here's what we're talking about today. Hello, how are you, love? I'm good. Good, what's up? We're just having our classic argument. Mm-hmm. You like to fix things that aren't broken. I like to fix things that are broken so that they're no longer broken but fixed. Nothing is broken with like my computer. You like they're broken. But it's not fine. broken. No, it's fine. It's fine. fine. If you it's want fine. the thing to be smoking while we do this, it's fine. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yes. Okay. So All how right. are you, love? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing well. You know, it was kind of a crazy night last night. Oh, uh, we got whole, some rain. We got, we got a lot of rain. Yeah. And the whole family was out there, you know, watching the rain fall down. It was very exciting. Yeah, it was so exciting. It was a huge, like, lightning, thunder, everything storm. Yeah. And, you know, of course, we live here right in Esperanza, not uh, maybe 100 yards away from the, the famous water tower there. And one of the lightning bolts actually hit that water tower. I yeah, I didn't it. see that. You saw that. Uh, yeah, it was very cool. Was oh, very wow. Cool. So what happens when lightning hits a water tower? Anything? Well, uh, since it's metal, I think it just goes straight into the ground and, and uh, there should be no damage. Hopefully nobody was climbing the water tower. That was the thing back in the day. You know, you don't see that nobody much anymore. Nobody does that anymore. No, they used to like spray paint stuff on the water tower. Yeah. yeah no, you don't really see that much anymore. It's kind yeah. of, I, I, I yearn for the good old days. The good old days when you could do things that were stupid. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's a good segue because we're talking about wisdom literature today. Oh, well, look at that. I'll yeah. you right up on. Yeah. But it is true. People do. I feel like people do less stupid things these days in terms of that kind of thing. Yeah. I, or, or rather, the stupidity is now online and, and digital. Uh, so, you know, back in the day, yeah. we didn't have social media. And so your, your, uh, your social media platform, so to speak, was like the local water tower mm. you know, or the bridge underpass. <laughs> Uh, and now you can do that all oh, online. Oh, you mean graffiti and, right, and putting you know, your message, Joni, like a little tweet. Right, Joni loves Chachi, that kind of stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, we're yeah. so old. Yep. That's yes, good. We, we definitely are. Okay, but anyways, those were the stupid things. We're talking about wisdom today. We are. Um, we are getting into the four wisdom books that we discussed this week. You were not in class. No, I was uh, flying back from New York with my mom. Yes, that's yep. right. One week ago, you yeah, you you flew up and got your mom, brought yep. her back Wednesday. We've now got her moved into her home here in mm-hmm. Bernie. Yeah, that's wonderful. And she came to church on, on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we had her over to the house for dinner on Friday. Mm-hmm. I'll go uh, stop by this afternoon, visit her for a couple hours. So yeah, okay. so it's, it's wonderful to have her here. Good. Yeah. Okay, well, anyways, so Mark taught the class, and he mm-hmm. did a great job. He Good. really did. He had a lot of material to cover. So the way he handled it was to just say a few things about each of the books, mm-hmm. which is what we can do today just to recap. I'm noticing, though, that I don't have much written down about Song of Songs, so you might have to come in a little bit on that, but we'll see. We yeah. can just give an overview. Well, I could just do a romantic reading of Song of Songs if you want. No, <laughs> I don't. But, okay, basically he started by saying that wisdom, what it is, is the proper application of knowledge, Mm -hmm. okay? So you can have knowledge in your life, obviously, but you cannot use that properly. You cannot apply it, and you might also, that way you will not be wise, right? Yeah, so it's kind of the classic division of book smarts versus street smarts. Right. I'm not going to make any comment on which one you are. I was setting you right up for that, and you just... (laughs) Just let it, let if I gave the cl- right by, if I know. gave the classic example of you being book smart and not street smart, it would not. I can't do that to you. I well, cannot throw you under the bus like that. Well, thank you for only throwing partially. Under the I bus. will. I, I won't. Okay, that. but my children know what I'm talking about. Yes. But anyways, so you know the the Bible says knowledge puffs up, right? Mm-hmm. But love builds up. So that's kind of meaning when we use our knowledge for good. That's 
truly wisdom. Mm-hmm. And the Bible says that, you know, you can't even begin to have wisdom if you don't have a relationship with the Lord because it right. says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Mm-hmm. So that's how it, it starts, right? Yeah, and the fear of the Lord, I, I know that, that causes some people concerns, mm-hmm. you know, this idea of fearing God. But I, th- I think fear in this sense is not kind of a cowering, you know, horror movie type fear. Right. But rather it's more of a, a reverent respect. Awe. Uh, yeah, awe is probably a good word. Um, you know, another way of my putting it is, uh, you know, I guess a, <clears throat> a comparison could be to, you know, fear of breaking the law. I mean, you know, part of the reasons that we, one of the reasons that we, we, uh, we, we are law-abiding citizens is because we don't want the police to, to break the law. You know? mm-hmm. we, don't, we don't, don't, don't want them to find out. Well, that's less and less true, but... Oh, it's less and less true. Okay. But, you know, it's, it's, it's a bad analogy, but it works. Yes. And so, you know, you're driving down a highway, right? Mm-hmm. And there's, uh, if, there's no reason why a little sign that says 65... Um, mm. should make you go 65. Sure. I mean, the sign itself cannot do that. Right. But it's your fear of the law, which which keeps you in check. So too, Okay. you know, it's it's the fear of the Lord, which makes us uh, stand the right side of what God wants us to do. Okay. Yeah, that works. Well, thank you. That works. And then I think he began the class by talking about, you know, the classic example of wisdom, which is Solomon. The mm-hmm. Bible tells us that he was the wisest man and that he asked for wisdom, right? He had a dream one night and the Lord says, you know, I'm pleased with you. Uh, ask me for anything. And rather than asking for, you know, riches or long life or something, Solomon asks for wisdom. He says he's young and he doesn't know how to rule over these people. So please give me a discerning heart. And that's what the Lord gives him. Mm-hmm. Right. So he's our classic example of wisdom. But he often, you know, he didn't always use his wisdom. Right. He didn't apply the, the knowledge that he had always in a wise way. Right. Right, yeah, and they, you know, we're all fallen and broken, and uh, even the wisest man among us, Solomon, uh, can be a real fool. Right. And, you know, and the, the nature of sin is that we are often blind to our own weak spots. Mm-hmm. We're often blind to our own sin. We don't see it as sin. Mm. You know, no doubt Solomon, and they're marrying all these women and building temples for their foreign gods, thought that he could handle it. But, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, the, the, the consequences are devastating. Right. Right. And uh, if we take it to the New Testament, you know, in James, um, he goes into that whole thing about if anyone lacks wisdom, he should ask for it like Solomon did. Mm -hmm. And it says, you know, God who is generous and won't find fault will grant you wisdom. Mm -hmm. Right. And so if we ask God for wisdom, we can get it. Yeah. And that's a prayer I make regular use of. I remind God of that. You know, especially when I'm facing hard decisions mm-hmm. on, uh, for the leading of the church, mm-hmm. you know, I'll remind God of His promise. You know, mm-hmm. Lord, You have promised that if we uh, lack wisdom, You will give it to us. Right. And so, God, I'm asking You for wisdom. Right, and it says when you ask, you have to believe and not doubt. Mm-hmm. So you believe in advance that God will give you wisdom, and He does. Yes, absolutely. He does. Okay, good. Well, the four books that we went over very briefly then were Proverbs was the first one, I think. Mm-hmm. can't remember what order we went into. But he his main point about Proverbs, which I thought was good, was that, where did I, it was more about probabilities than, what did he say? More about probabilities than promises? Hmm. What did he say? Or then, hold on, I want to, I liked it. Well, he was you know, he's a math teacher. Right, so I was saying, yes. He's a math teacher, and so he talked, yeah, oh, he's talking about probabilities, not promises. Is mm-hmm. that what I said? Yes, yep. it is. Okay. Uh, the point being that, you know, the Proverbs are complicated. There's they are. some that are seem to be actually in contradiction to right. each other. Right. And so, you know, his point was that 
for the most part, these are, if you do this, this more than likely will happen. It's not mm-hmm. like, if you do this, this is exactly what God's going to do. It's not that right. kind of cause and effect. But we kind of have to take them all as a whole. You kind right. of have to set them all up against each other to see what God is saying on the, on the whole. Yeah, and, and that's what wisdom is, right? right? Is that sometimes, uh, uh, and so a classic case would be there's two Proverbs, and that they, they go something like this, you know, do not answer a wise man according to his folly, oh, yeah. lest you be like him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then shortly after that is uh, answer a wise man in his folly, lest you <laughs> be wise in his own eyes. Right. And so which one is it? You right. Know? And the situation calls for it. Right. You know, sometimes you need to correct someone when they've misspoken and mm-hmm. they're leading people astray. Other times you just need to keep your mouth shut and let it go. Right. And you have to be able to discern what the situation is. And that's that's wisdom. Exactly. So in many of these proverbs, if you set them side by side, they see that they do contradict each other. Right. But the whole point of, of proverbs is, you know, they're just proverbs. Mm-hmm. They're not like they're not principles for for guiding life with mathematical precision. They're proverbs. And right. You have to need you need to know them, but you also have to know which is right for the given situation. Mm-hmm. So, but they're very good to study. I think we've mentioned this before that there's, um, you know, 31 books. So mm-hmm. if you or 31 chapters, I should say in Proverbs. So one discipline could be to do one chapter every day, and then at the end of the month, you've done the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, because they truly are kind of about how life really works, right? Oh, they're wonderful. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, it took me probably three times through Proverbs before I, I finally begin to appreciate them, mm. uh, and because. You know, and I, I like story. I, I like stories. I like mm-hmm. narratives. You know, Jesus comes to town. He yeah. heals someone. He leaves, goes to another town. Yes. Like, I, that, that's my bread and butter. Yeah, not mine. And Proverbs are just little kind of pithy sayings, mm-hmm. almost like, you know, fortune cookies. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I found it very tedious to read 31 chapters mm-hmm. of those until I'd gone through them th- about three times. And then the fourth time, I began to kind of see what it was all about. Mm. And the book came alive for me. Okay, so. I think it's Tim, yeah, the late Tim Keller. It's so sad that Tim Keller has mm-hmm. passed. The late Tim Keller would say something about Proverbs, um, that they're like a hard candy. So like, if you bite down on it, you often don't, you don't get the real sweetness and you also might like break your tooth or something. Oh, but sweet. if you <laughs> sort of ruminate on it, if you uh-huh. suck on it, then the sweetness comes out. Oh, wow. So it's kind of the similar similar analogy to what you said. Wow, look at that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Well, he's got a lot. If you haven't listened to Tim Keller preaching, you should find his podcast and listen to it. That's very good. A lot of good stuff there. Okay. So that was the Proverbs. Is there anything else we need? We've we've done Proverbs on this podcast several times. Mm -hmm. Proverbs is great. It's a great, a very practical book. I mean, especially, you know, coming as we just have, you know, through the history books, through Mm -hmm. through the prophet, prophetic books. Uh, it's nice to have something that's more meat and potatoes right. and, and applicable like the Proverbs. So it's definitely well worth reading. Yeah. Okay. So then we went from Proverbs to Job, mm-hmm. which is, you know, a challenge for oh my goodness, yes. for everyone. Job is, is Job the oldest material in the Bible? Yeah. And so, you know, there's the prologue to Job and then there's all the, the stuff that comes after it. Yeah. From what I remember... The the Hebrew um, the Hebrew that the prologue is written mm-hmm. is, is the oldest Hebrew that okay. some scholars That's what believe it is. Okay. is the oldest Hebrew, the most archaic Hebrew. Okay. Um, you, know, you know, so as if you read English lit, you know Shakespeare sounds different from Dickens, who sounds different from you know today. Yes. And you can kind of see the same thing in in the Hebrew too. That it's just the 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 most okay ancient. Archaic. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, he focused on. Job kind of 38 and following. There's several chapters of God saying, 
obviously, Job, you don't understand, you know, mm-hmm. we because this is the book, you know, we go back to all the time for why does why do good things? Why do sorry, bad things happen to good mm-hmm. people, right? Because Job is a righteous man, he's living in the way he should, and everything goes wrong for yeah. him, right? Yeah, everything. everything goes wrong for him. So the whole book is about his friends and him trying to figure out what happened. And at the end, God shows up and, you know, goes through this long three chapters of where were you when I did this and how do you understand this, right? Mm-hmm. And then um, Job gets a couple of verses to speak, but we don't really get an answer as to why it all happened, but we do come away with knowing that God is in control mm-hmm. and he can be trusted. Yeah, yeah, and it's... Um... It's a wonderful book because Job, you know, he's got a, an axe to grind and a real a real point to it. Sure. I mean, like, you know, he's been handed a, a bad plate there. And right. he doesn't deserve these things. We're told that right off the bat. He doesn't deserve them. Yeah. Well, he was kind of like a pawn in a cosmic yeah. battle. Yeah, between the, between the Lord and Satan. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, and so God shows up and he says, you know, he, he, God really relies on his, uh, or God talks about his his status as creator. You know, where right. were you and I created the earth when I made the storks, when I made the rock badgers, so on and so yeah. forth. Yeah. <laughs> And then Job tries to interrupt him. God's like, no, I ain't done yet. And he goes on for right. another chapter. Um, but at the end, you know, Job has enough. And he says, you know, I, I have seen you with my own. I, I had heard of you with my ears. Now I see you with my yes. own eyes. And I repent myself in dust, dust and ashes. And, ashes. Mm-hmm. and even though Job's question isn't answered, you know, namely, why did this happen to right. me? God never tells him. Um, but the fact that God himself shows up, the fact that God is present in his time of trouble, mm-hmm. Uh, is enough for Job to continue to put his faith and trust in him. Yeah. And I think that's a wonderful, almost a New Testament lesson. Mm. That, uh, you know, it's. I think of Peter, John, and James with Jesus in the garden. That, um, that you know, they fell asleep on Jesus. And that's what really hurt him the most. Right. Well, in a similar way, you know, Job is in the garden. Mm. Job is in this moment of agony. And uh, he's got these uh, these three friends who kind of come up and... You know, they pester him. Well, yeah. you, know, you really deserve this, Job, because there's something right. you did. You just got to figure out what it was. Right. Uh, and then God shows up. And God is with him in his, his mm. moment of agony, in his, uh, in his time of trial. And the mere fact that God is there is enough for him uh, to get through. Oh, wow. I like it. Well, thank That you. would preach, I think. I think it would, too. Yeah, yeah. that would preach. Okay, well... That is, I mean, Joe, you can't, I mean, all the, this book is 42, you know, you can't summarize all this quickly, but I think that's enough to say. Yeah, although I, I will say that there, um, uh, when one of the passages from Job shows up in the, um, in the funeral liturgy, so when we are committing someone uh, to the ground in burial, Okay. one of the verses we say is, um, I know that my Redeemer lives, and when my flesh has been thus destroyed, yet with, with my eyes I shall see God. Mm. Um, so it's one of those ancient passages, you know, probably, boy, almost, you know, 1500 years before Christ. And yet we still use it to this day when we lay people to rest. Wow. I know that my Redeemer lives. And in the end, he shall stand upon the earth and I shall see him with my own eyes. Mm, that's beautiful. Great passage. Yes. And we sing, we have a beautiful song with that too. Mm-hmm. I can sing it for you if you like, unless no, you'd like to. I don't want to. Thank you. And you don't need to either. But no. thank you. Okay, well, moving right along, Ecclesiastes. Yes, now we're talking. Okay, you're, yes, this is like your favorite. Yeah. Okay, so obviously the refrain is meaningless, mm. you know, everything is mean. Vanity of vanities. Vanity of vanities. <laughs> is, All is vanity. <laughs> oh, it's wonderful. This is like your life motto. It is. Okay. Yes. Well, anyways, Mark talked about how that the translation could be like a vapor or smoke, mm-hmm. kind of just like something you can't grasp and you just mm. kind of goes out. Um, 
And I guess his main point here was that the writer of Ecclesiastes was saying, you know, first of all, they didn't have a very well-developed idea of the afterlife. And he kind of struggles with that in chapter three. You know, he basically says, are humans any different than animals? Is one going up and Mm -hmm. one going down? And he concludes he doesn't know. So basically at the end of the book, it says, even though all is vanity, even though meaningless or we don't understand, basically you should just fear God and keep his commandments. Mm -hmm. That's how the writer ends. Yeah, and it's uh, and again, you know, the it's a fantastic book. You know, I love it because that's that's just kind of my temperament, my personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have a very uh, melancholy personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, love grunge music. Love you know Lenten hymns in minor keys. I just, I just <laughs> love that stuff. So this this really speaks to me. But it's well, only, now I understand where our one child gets the temperament. Hmm, yeah, very interesting. Yeah. Okay, yeah, it's a very romantic with a capital R. You know? Yeah. You know, like, like Byron or Shelley or something. Oh, my. Uh, but anyways, uh, so th- this, you know, Ecclesiastes is one book out of 66 in the Bible. So it's only one book. Right. Uh, but it, it plays a very important role because Ecclesiastes shows us uh, kind of the limits of wisdom. Remember, it's part of the wisdom books. Mm-hmm. Right? So it shows us the limits of wisdom. Okay. That um, the writer of Ecclesiastes, who traditionally is, is Solomon. Yeah. Right? The writer says, okay, well, um, I set my heart to wisdom to mm-hmm. pursue what is the meaning of life and, and all these things. And I tried all of these different ways. I tried, you know, ruling. I tried wine, women, and song. Right. Eat, drink, I and tried, be merry. Eat, drink, and be merry. And they were all good. But in the end, you know, I was still mm-hmm. empty. Empty. Uh, and that's a very important role to play that, you know, mm-hmm. God, uh, life is good. God has blessed us. Time and time again, he says in Ecclesiastes, there's... Uh, there's nothing better under the sun than to uh, to eat and drink and find pleasure in your work, for this is what mm-hmm. God has given to man. Right. Right. And so the, these are good things to to eat, to drink, to find pleasure in your toil, you right. know, enjoy what you do, uh, to be blessed with with family and friends. These are goods, but they ultimately fail. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're made Unlimited. for something mm-hmm. else. And in Ecclesiastes, he's looking for what that something else is, and he mm-hmm. can't find it mm-hmm. because, of course. You know, the fullness of Revelation hasn't come. Hmm. Uh, it's a great book. Yes. Okay. Great book. I'd love to do a, a, a series on Ecclesiastes, but I figure I have to press people too much. No, prophets, not, so. not if you do it like that. Yeah. I mean, it comes up. Comes, well, the end, basically what it says at the end, yes, now all has been heard. Here's the conclusion of the matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, mm-hmm. for this is the duty of all mankind. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So th- this is what life looks like. Mm-hmm. I mean, he knows there's more, mm-hmm. but he doesn't. Right. It hasn't yet been revealed what that more is. Right. Um, and so in the meantime, here's how you live a good life. Yeah. That's yeah, a great book. Okay. Great book. So. Well, you're excited about that one. Yeah. Are you just as excited about Song of Songs? Because I actually didn't write anything down. I must have walked out of the class or something. I don't even know. You walked out in protest. I don't probably. know. Yeah, no, he said, yeah, I would, wouldn't I? He just, he talked about it being a book of love poetry mm-hmm. and he brought a few things up, but I, I can't remember. Yeah, it's, it's kind of a, you know, kind of a steamy book, well, Song of is, Songs, yeah. also known as Canticle of Canticles or Song of Solomon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's um, it's portrayed as a, it's a poetic dialogue mm-hmm. um, between a groom and his bride mm-hmm. and the groom's men and the bride's maids. Right. Uh, and so it's, an, on, on the one hand, on a literal reading, it's a celebration of romantic love, mm-hmm. uh, that God has made men and women for each other. And this is a celebration uh, of the love which draws them together and how they're bound together as, as one, as husband and wife. Mm, which is controversial in these days. It is, it is. Uh, and it's a very, you know, it's a very hefty book. I mean, there's a lot of great lines in there mm-hmm. uh, where he praises her body and she praises his body. And, 
you know, the, the metaphors are a little weird. I mean, at one point he says, you have a neck like a tower. Yeah, he actually, Mark, now I'm remembering. Okay, Mark did bring up, like, the, not to use all the lines on your right. spouse because yeah. there's a few that aren't good. But now I'm kind of remembering as you say that. So, yes, he talked about on the on the basic level, it's love poetry. Mm-hmm. Yep. And on the deeper level, of course, it's about, you know, God's relationship with Israel for right. as the bride for the Hebrews and the Israelites. But as Christians, we interpret it as, you know, Jesus, the bridegroom for the church, his bride. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And so it was uh, Song of Solomon's was beloved, especially in the, uh, in the Middle Ages, mm. where um, analogical or uh, metaphoric interpretations sure. of the Bible really flourished. It was absolutely beloved. The, 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 uh, the, the medieval writers just loved it because hmm. they saw... They saw in the book Christ as the groom right. pursuing the uh, the church, his bride, okay. and the bride, the church, giving herself to Christ the groom. So it's it's a great book, okay. uh, which you can read on multiple mm-hmm. levels. Yeah, right. Which I suppose you could say for most of Scripture, but you can. But this one really opens itself up. Okay. Yeah. Very good. Yeah, so fun stuff. Yeah. Okay. So what will we be doing next week? So as I remember, I think at this point, we are now done with the Old Testament. Oh my goodness. So yes. And so congratulations. Everyone who made it this far. Right. So we're now done with the Old Testament. And so next week, uh, I'll do a history lesson on the history of the intertestamental period. Oh, that's going to be good. Right. So kind of the 400 years between the close of the Old Testament, the beginning of the New. Okay. And then after that, we have a lesson on uh, the books of the Bible called the Apocrypha and the Pseudepigrapha. Oh. The Apocrypha are the books uh, of are the books in the Bible that the Catholics have and the Protestants don't. Yes. Look at those. And then the Pseudepigrapha are books that were kind of in circulation at that time that didn't make it into the Old Testament but had an impact um, uh, on the religious movements of the day. So it didn't make it into the, even the Catholic Bible? Uh, you know, I, have to, I, yeah. I haven't read the chapter yet. Yeah, so, yeah, but, yeah I can't I, remember I, that. Yeah, Because I remember they didn't make it in. I don't think so. But we'll look at those kind of you know okay. books that are disputed. Okay. Um, and then we turn to the Gospels. So we're wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, that's very cool. Yes, okay. So yeah, so a nice history lesson next week. I get to talk about the Persians, the Greeks, the Romans. It's going to oh, be awesome. Oh, wow. Okay. Yes. Okay. We'll have to watch Gladiator. No. Okay, that's excellent. All right, well, we will talk to you then.